This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right. Um, your turn. Thank you. Brother. No problem. You leave this here. And do you have your paper? You have no paper? By no heart. Ooh. Okay. This. Here, hold on. I'll hold the mic. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. This is a symbolic journey of a woman to find herself in the world. It's an allegory, and it's myself. No moon, the seagull. No moon there was that night to guide a fragile bird across an angry sea. No sound there was that night save for the shrill call of that seagull wending her solitary path through an empty cold sky. And earth then would not open to receive this lonely traveler through time. As far off into distances remote, the voice of the seagull penetrates the rock with her cry. But then this fearless bird soars higher still, as if God's harmony to proclaim, and sees a patch of springtime green beyond the shadowy hills and plains. So soars this bird in the morning bright, courageous and alone, and finds her welcome bed of rest, this nest to call her own. Amazing. Wow. I can't even say my name by heart. I can do that. Okay. So there's a lot I wanted to speak about tonight, but we'll, we'll save some stuff for next week. Just a couple of minutes. And an amazing, amazing story for the first time that I heard, um, that I heard this week. Okay, Pasha's Vayichi. Oh, am I going to rip Facebook tonight? <laughs> just warning you up front. Okay, that's just going to be a moment of my show. All right, anyway, Pasha's Vayichi. Pasha's Vayichi, you don't get a chance to see this, but I'm a Kayane, and I got called up to the Torah this week. And Pasha's Vayichi is called a Pasha's Snuma, a closed Pasha. Why? Because every Pasha in the Torah, especially when you change books, and you go from one book to the other, Bereshit to Shemos, so there's a space to tell us that one Pasha ended and the next Pasha started. Pasha's Vayichi, when you're looking for the Pasha, you can't find it. Because there is no space. Between the end of Pasha's Vayigash and the beginning of Pasha's Vayichi, there is no space. It is a closed Pasha. Now what that means is that really last week's Pasha by Yigash, it ended in the right place. Right? It ended with the word Ma'od. Right? By Yibu Ma'od, they multiplied a lot. The last word of last week's Pasha is Ma'od. That ended in the right place. But the word by the first word of this week's Pasha, is in the wrong place. It should have been moved over to the left to make space. So actually the word that's Stuma, the word that's closed, that's in the wrong place, is the word of, that represents life. 
The word Vayichi. The word Vayichi is stuma. The word that represents life is closed. Very interesting. You know, we've been we we been talking about for many weeks about Gilgulim and the famous that Yaakov Avinu was a Gilgal of Adam and that um, he was there to be misaking to fix what Adam did wrong and we and his mother Rivka was a Gilgal of Chava and that's why she got in the brachos we spoke about because originally he got the clawless Asaph was the snake and we tricked Asaph the way Asaph tricked her through um, the words, right? How he tricked her and he said, touch the tree, it won't hurt you. So she did, he, she did the same thing to him, touched Yaakov's hand, and he said, you die, me day, so it was an amazing shift. You remember it was a chidah and, and the whole of Chaim Vital. So we know that Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam, and he was there to fix one of the, the Aveo that Adam did when he was separated from his wife, and his whole life was committed to be misaking Adam's neshama. The last word, says the Chidah, in Pashas Vayigash is Ba'od. The first word in Vayichi is, of course, Vayichi Yaakov. The word Ma'od spells Adam. Mem, Aleph, Dalit. When you put the words together, says the Chidah, it's Adam, Ma'od, Adam, Vayichi Yaakov. Adam was brought back to his tikkun through the life of Yaakov. And that is totally stuma. That is totally hidden. Because most people who learn Chumash have no idea that Yaakov came back to the second Adam. So says the Chidah, life, the Torah, the secrets, what the rabbi was saying, your potential. Sometimes you see it in a dream when you're in a subconscious state. But Rashi says something totally different. Rashi says, why is this Pasha Stuma? And he says for two reasons. One, that right after Yaakov died, the Jewish nation became slaves, went into depression, Changed their whole outlook on life. So Stuma, when Yaakov died, the Jews felt enclosed. They felt in, in darkness, enclosed by darkness, enclosed by being slaves. That's the first thing that Rashi says. The second thing that Rashi says is Chishev Yaakov wanted to tell his children when Moshiach was going to come. And Hashem took away his Ruch HaKodesh. Those are the two reasons. So there's two questions. Number one, what's Rashi saying here? Rashi's saying that when Yaakov died, the Jews went into slavery. That's not true. They didn't go into slavery when Yaakov died. In Pasha Shemos, it says, Vayamas Yosef Echol Echav, Yosef died with all his brothers, Bechol Hadar Ahu, that whole generation, and then it says they were put into slavery. And we all know that the Jews did not go into slavery until the last of the Shvatim died. So how could Rashi say that the reason this Pasha is a stuma because Yaakov died 
After Yaakov died, nothing happened. In next week's parasha, after the whole cloud, after all the Shvatim died, that's when they went to Gaul. So how do we understand this Rashi? Question number one. Question number two is an amazing chidah. My favorite chidah. Why didn't Hashem let him tell us the end? Why didn't he let us tell us that this whole journey that the Jewish nation is taking, where are we going to end up? Wouldn't it it make it much easier for us to go through what we go through if we know the end? So, there's a very interesting chidah. The chidah says something very beautiful. Listen to this. The chidah says that Yaakov said to Hashem, listen, my children didn't do any sins, my 12 shvatim. How do you know my children didn't do any sins? If you go through all 12 tribes, if you go through Ephraim and Menashe's name, you will not find two letters. The letter Ches and the letter Tes. There is no hate in my children. That's what he told Hashem. And therefore, since there's no hate, you have to tell me the case. You have to tell me when Mashiach is going to come. Hashem said to Yaakov, you didn't do your homework. Because there's two other letters. There are a total of four letters that don't exist in the 12 Shvatim's name. And the other two letters are the letter Kuf and Sadiq. Kates. So you're coming to me and saying that since in the children's name there's no Chesentesh, there's no Chet. You're right. But there's also no case. And therefore Hashem said, I don't have to tell you the end when Mashiach will come. Why not? Come on. Tell me when Mashiach is going to come. And the answer is something that I've been driving and talking about since I've started in Chinuch. It's not the case that counts. It's how you got there. It's not the finish line. We're not Greeks. It's not about winning the race. It's about how you got to the end of the race. I remember many years ago when I used to watch television, so when they had the New York Marathon, there was a guy who had no legs. And he went on this marathon with fake legs and crutches. It took him, I believe, 16 hours in the rain. There was one cameraman that was waiting for him at the end of the race. But the first guy who made it across, there were hundreds of cameras. Pictures, people, congratulations, checks, and, and champagne. Because we live in a society... Just tell me how the story ended up. Just let me read the last page of the book. Why don't we always read the last page of the book? Well, they know the end of the story, Harry Potter. We have to read the whole story. I got some ices. Did he make it to the last book? Did he make it? Did, did, did she make it? Did his freckle friend race? Did he make it? Did the whole camera make it? And if at the end of the last book, I look and I see all their names. Okay. So how did she sell all those books and all those pages? And the answer is not about whether he made it, but what happened till he made it. 
So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Yaakov Avinu, there's no hate, but there's no case. It's not about the end of the road. It's about how you get there. Because guess what? I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your minds tonight. Death is the end of the road. Life is how you got there. What's important? And life is important. The whole way, all the way up. The whole, since you're a little kid, struggling, teenage years, marriage, children, grandchildren, old age, all that, all that, that's how you got there. That's life. So he wanted to tell his children the case, and Hashem said, that's not a Jewish life. That's not what it's about. A Jewish life is about our struggles and our effort. <laughs> the side of the report card that says effort. That's the mark that the parent has to look at. And if that's an Aleph, then if the whole other side, Gemara, Mishmael, Loka, everything, English, biology, all of it is D, Dalit, A, love, whatever. I always thought my father. E is excellent. F is fantastic. U is unbelievable. I don't know what S stands for. I never got one. That's what the Torah is telling us at the last book. The last book in Beratius. Beratius is the creation of life. The last book by Yechi is telling us that life is something we don't understand. It's stuma, and you don't need to know the end. Reading the end of the book has no enjoyment. That's when you read the stone on a person's grave. That's reading the last page of the book. Those people are a little weird that walk around reading gravestones. Those are people who don't understand potential. Gravestone has no more potential. But a person who goes to a nursery and looks at a bunch of babies in a nursery and says, oh my goodness, look how small they are. And oh my goodness, look at the potential they have from this point. They haven't sinned. Wow! I've never heard at a nursery in any hospital someone say, wow, look at the potential of this child to grow up. Jewish parents are like, oh, look how fat his cheeks are. That's good. <laughs> Non-Jewish are, oh, look how strong his legs look. He's going to be a good athlete. Everybody has their... But the potential of a human being, you should just sit there. That's the greatness of a baby. What's the greatness of a baby? They burp, they spit, they're making their diaper. Thank God Hashem made them cute, but we toss them over our shoulders. That's why Hashem made them cute. But what's the greatness of a baby? The greatness of a baby is potential. Potential, not Kate's, not the end, but the potential of a child. So it's a little bit hard to understand I'm going to save my, my whole Medrash Rabbah schmooze on bringing up children for a different week. It's very hard to understand the last Pusik of this week's parasha. Last Pusik. Closing the Book of Bereshit. If you look at all the closing of all the books, Shemot, Vayikra, Vamidbar, Devarim, you can always see a good psukim. All the Choban Yisrael, they got the Torah. Every end, every end always has the word Yisrael. It's all good, happy stuff. And the, the, the Balkari, you go to Shul, Balkari says the last word, and everybody, even the ladies say, Chazak, Chazak, Menis Chazek. Be strong. 
Beautiful. We all walk out of shul happy. I don't understand the last puzzle of voracious. Vayomas Yosef. This the last classic of a book encompasses the whole book. The book opens up Barashis Barolokimata Shemayim Baaret Hashem in the beginning he created the world, potential. Trees, potential, 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 potential. The end of the book. Vayomas Yosef ben Meya Biasar Shonin Yosef died at 110 years. They mummified them. You know, you go to a museum of whatever over there, and, you know, these mummies. They made them into a mummy. They stuck them in a coffin in Mitzrayim. Okay. Life's great. Voracious is over. That's how you end Voracious. He died. They mummified him. They buried him in a coffin and tried him. Closing of the book. And everybody in shul, we're all standing, we're all happy. How do you end the book of Horatius with such a depressing, morbid posik? Amazing answer. Amazing answer. This is the most important Pusik in the whole Torah. It looks like it's a bad news. He didn't get buried in Israel like Yaakov. No more than Akpela. They didn't even bury him in, a, in Goshen with all the other Jews so that we could go down him by his Kevah. They put him in the Nile River and they put all kinds of shameless tumor on it so that nobody would ever be able to find it. So how can this be good? And the answer is as follows. A few parts ago, Yosef Atzadik had the biggest struggle of his life with the most beautiful woman in the world. And he did something very smart. He left his chitzayis, his clothing with her, and he ran for his life. He didn't stick inside and say, no matter what you do to me, I'm a Jew, and I'm not falling for this. He wasn't on Facebook and said, what I hear from everybody, I'm on Facebook, but it won't affect me because I got this and I got that, and I got this, nobody can touch me. No, a few girls had understood. He said, I can't fight this. If I'm in the room with her, I'm going to lose, no matter how strong I am. No matter how many times my father shows up at the window. I'm going to lose. He closed his computer and he threw it out the window. He closed his Facebook account and he threw it out the window. I can't stay on Facebook and I can't stay on the internet and I can't stay in these places I'm not supposed to and I can't go to a club and say, I'll watch everyone else dance. It doesn't work. By Yonas Hachutza, he ran out and said, I got to be out of here. Today, sometimes I think I'm wrong, I was handed, for all you girls that are still on Facebook, I, just want to, I want you to understand what neighborhood you live in. The nation's biggest Jewish singles event. Sounds good. Shaduchim, no? I'm excited. I don't have Facebook, but someone had me and said, Oh, it's about time! A big Shaduch event! Wonder what rabbis are going to be there. Okay, it's called the Ball of 2010. 
Simon. Now, all you girls are on Facebook, I want you to know, this is your neighbor. Right? Bad neighbor, bad friend. If you're on Facebook, this is on Facebook, you live in that neighborhood. Because it's a social network. So you're on the social network. Hmm, let's see where you're hanging out. Nice from girls. When is this? Nation's biggest single event. Friday! December 24th! Friday, December 24th. Hmm. Erev Shabbos. And for a different religion, Erev Yontem. Ha! Interesting. Shidduchan. Hmm, okay. But this I could not believe. From December 24th at 8 p.m. That's Shabbos. Shabbos is 4.30. So this party is from Friday, December 24th at 8 p.m. until... December 26th at 4 a.m. It's a two-day biggest Jewish singles event. Who created it? Who created a single Jewish event to be on Yoshka's birthday and on Shabbos? What animals created this? Let's see what they call themselves. Created by LetMyPeopleGo.com You see, that's what's right, guys. You hear? Let my people go! This is where all of you on Facebook, this is where you live. This is, where you live. This is your neighbor. Stay on it. It's a good place. The mother of all Jewish singles party and the largest Jewish single event in the nation. Our biggest event, two days, five venues, ten parties, eight DJs, seven dance floors, six lounges, premiere at the Lavo, New York City's hottest new club, high-flying aerialists. I love the 80s and 90s party. That's for the older Hebra. Bad, listen to this, bad Santa dance party. Roof deck party. VIP me. So you just stay there. You just hang out with these people. Yosef HaTzadik said, I can't be in the room with her. Because as long as I'm in the room, sooner or later, I'm going to be part of that room. He ran for his life, knowing that running for his life, she will say things about him. She will put him in jail. She, they may even, he was supposed to be hung actually, but he was willing to give up his life and he understood that he had to run out. Now for him, that was to save himself. What happened? What happened when a person goes off Facebook? What happens when a person changes their life and they say, girls, I, I don't do this no more. I can't do this. Not, I, I should come along with you and not do anything wrong. What happened when one person Runs out. So Kleistrol was caught between the Egyptians and the Yamsuf. A roaring sea and a bunch of maniac Arabs that were going to massacre them. And the Jews stood to pray, and Moshe Rabbeinu stood to pray, and they said, Hashem, 
split the yarn. And Hashem went to the yarn and said, split. And the yam said, no. How can the yam say no to Hashem? The yam said, you are MS. You are din and you are MS. The Arabs that you want to drown are avoid the Zara, the Egyptians. And the Jews are serve avoid the Zara. So in your world of MS Hashem, I cannot split. My teva is to be an ocean with waves. I don't split for nothing. And therefore... He, the ocean went to the din of Hashem and said, I can't split. Teva! Not my nature. You created me like this. So Hashem said, look at the bones of Yosef HaTzadik. Hayom ro'ov ayonos, girls. The malach of the Yamsuf looked at something and it ran and it split. Ma ro hayom. What did the Yam say? See, Atzmois Yosef, Aroina Yisho Yosef. Actually, it says Aroina Yisho Yosef, but coffin of Yosef Hatzadik. Just like he ran out, Vayanos, says Chazal, the Yam ran. Vayanos, you ran away from her? The Yam ran, split, Clay Yisho was saved, we got the Torah, we got her to Israel, we built the base on Mingdash, we're here today. Had he not run out, we would have never made it. We wouldn't be here today. <coughs> Why not should I create the world, Voracious Barah? For the title, for Clyus What's the last passage in Voracious? Why you can't do also? Why They put him in a coffin. Where was that coffin? In Mitzrayim. Had they buried him in Eretz the Yam would have never seen his coffin. It wouldn't have been coming with them. And the Yam would have never split. So the only reason that the Yam split was because it saw Aaron Shalyefe. And that's how he got the Torah. So the most important passage was that he got buried in Mitzrayim in an Aaron. My raw Aaron Shalyefe. This Aaron, the last passage in Bajorations, is what made Kleistrol be saved when they got out of Mitzrayim. Pasha's Stuma life is so closed. What looks like the worst passage in the Torah is the best passage in the Torah. What looks like the worst thing that Yosef didn't get buried in Israel by Yaakov is what saved us. By Yonas Achutza, him stepping out, saved the whole Klai Israel. A person changing their life, girls, and stepping out of a situation, something that is not correct. You think you're just saving yourself? You could be saving the whole Klai Israel. And that's why by Yisem, they left him in a coffin in Mitzrayim. It looks terrible. We're going to get up to Shabbos and say, Chazak, Chazak, everybody in this room, everybody in Shul, be strong, because there's stuff in your life that looks bad. It's really the stuff that's going to get you to the end of the road. Chisha Vlagali, it's like Kate, who said no. You don't need to know the ending. You need to know how to get to the ending. So I want to tell you a story that I heard this week from someone that I know. His name is Ellie Rowe. He's, uh, he's an amazing person. He's, he does chesed all day. He lives in Queens. He's a big hot solo member. He took me on his private jet. He has a private jet. He took me on his private jet to Minnesota to save a girl. He's helped 
me many times since then. He told me this story this week. You've got to hear this. This is a crazy story. Talk about life as a stuma. So there's a guy, you can if you have internet. You can Google him. He was a Jewish guy named Jerry Rosenberg. He lived in Borough Park. He was in the jewelry business. He did diamonds. About 50 years ago, actually 1960, so he was dealing in stolen diamonds. And the police from the 70th precinct in Brooklyn ran a sting where they went to buy these stolen diamonds. And they taped everything, and they caught them. And as they were taking out their badges to identify themselves as police, Jerry Rosenberg realized that he's about to go to jail for a long time. So he took out a gun that was in his drawer since he was a jeweler, and he shot both these policemen to death. He was arrested and sentenced to Attica Prison in upstate to be executed in New York State. But you know, execution takes a long time. And this Jerry Rosenberg was a very smart guy, studied in prison and became a lawyer and actually defended himself and overturned the death sentence to 250 years in prison. So they weren't going to kill him, but he was going to be in prison for a very long time. He wasn't religious. He talked to no rabbis, not one of those stories where guys came and put chilling on him. Not interested at all in anything in Judaism. Borough Park boy. Why is he famous? Because Jerry Rosenberg is still today was the longest living convict ever to live in prison. He lived 47 years in prison before he died. So why am I telling you about this person? 10 years before he died, in prison there's a chaplain, a priest. And the priest saw that this Jew, Jerry Rosenberg, doesn't keep anything at all. No kosher, no tzillin, nothing. So he figured, maybe he could save this guy's soul and bring him to Christianity. So he went into Jerry. He said, listen, I see you don't keep Judaism anyway. If you'll come over and convert to Christianity, then our Savior, our Messiah... Yoshka, and you agree to embrace him, you will be forgiven. So here's your chance to be forgiven. And Jerry Rosenberg looked at this priest and said the following. Father, I'm really sorry. But I was born a Jew. And I'm born a Jew, and I'm going to die a Jew. And the priest said, how do you die a Jew? What does that mean? And he said, well, when it comes to Jews' burial, we don't cremate. We get buried in a graveyard with other Jews. They put us in a pool of water, a mikvah. And it's really funny. They bury us in this white robe without pockets. Called tachrichim. He says, and... Everything in between, I'm not interested in. Shabbos, kosher, tefillin. I'm not interested in anything else in between. But, born a Jew, you die a Jew. Now get out of my cell. And he threw him out. Okay. Priest never went back to him. He realized this is not a guy you're going to deal with. 
10 years later, he dies. Jerry Rosenberg dies. This is a true story. This is amazing. On the news, all over New York, headlines. The oldest convict in New York State has just died. Jerry Rosenberg, convicted of murder. Two, of two, few years. You can Google it. Since three years, I mean, three years ago, I think he died. Murderer of two policemen died in Attica. Record probably never to be broken. Happens to be that night, the priest is watching the news. He is no longer, he's retired, he is no longer in Attica prison. He's sitting there and he says, Oh my goodness, I recognize that name. That's the Jew who I went in to try to convert him. And he told me that he wants to die as a Jew. Gets on the phone, calls Attica, speaks to the chaplain, says, What's the deal? When, um, how are you burying him? And he says, well, you know, in, in, in Attica, any convict, we just cremate him and that's it. We cremate him and we bury him in the backyard or whatever. He says, no, no, no. You can't do that. Says, Why not? Because his last will and testament says that he has to have a pool of water, some funny um, jacket or something that they wear. He's got to be buried in a, in a Jewish cemetery and he can't be cremated. And the chaplain says, I'm sorry. I don't have anything written. He didn't, li- he didn't leave a will and testament tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We're going to cremate him. He said, but you don't understand. I'm a priest. I'm a priest. And this is what I'm telling you. This is what he said to me. He must be buried as a Jew. You can't do this. Okay. Here's the deal. You get the body out of here before 9 o'clock. We don't cremate him. How's he going to get a body out of Because way up somewhere. Who knows where. So this priest called the rabbi, I think, in Buffalo, who called Hatzola or the Hebrew Kaddisha in Queens, who called Eli Rowe, because there was no way they could drive up and get the body in time, and told him, we got to get this body. He jumps into his jet, flies up to Attica, and picks up, this is a true story, he told me this week, picks up Jerry Rosenberg's body, which is in two body bags, tosses him into the plane, Actually, he had nowhere to put him in the plane, so he put him in the seat behind him. Right? Showed me a picture of a, of a, of a body bag, um, what's it called, seat belted in. Right? And he's saying the whole time he, he's flying in, you know, like, Jerry, you know, I, I know you haven't had peanuts and, and soda while you were in jail. You know, maybe I can give you some peanuts. He made a whole joke out of the whole thing, but it wasn't a joke. But Lamaisa, at the end of the story, he flies him back to Queens. They, they do a tahara in a mikvah. They put on his tachrichim. They have a Leviah with more than a million guys. They say Mishnayis. They say Tehillim. They say Kaddish. They take him out. They say Kelmali Rachamim. They say Kaddish with a minion. And he's buried like any regular Jew. He didn't keep Shabbos. He didn't keep kosher. He wanted nothing to do with anything. But from his mouth came a wish. Born a Jew... I want to die a Jew. <coughs> and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who some of us question and some of us are angry at because of the way we think he treats us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu heard this man in jail, this murderer in jail, who kept nothing, asked for one thing, a Jewish burial. And through a priest, through a priest, 
He had a Yiddish burial the way that it was supposed to be. Death. Dying like a Jew is a moment. Living like a Jew is a lifetime. Baruch Hashem, everyone in this room has life. Let's not just think like Jerry, that it's in the end that I need to be buried like a Jew. But let's understand that we need to live like a Jew. And understand that the kates, that the secret is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the nigwa, I told you once, the girl came to Rabbi Gamliel, my Rebbe, I was sitting there. She says, are you a Kabbalist? And if Rick, he goes, no, even though he is. She puts out her hand. Rabbi, can you read my palm? So Rabbi Gamliel says, why? She says, I heard that when you read someone's palm, you can tell them what they were last time. Rabbi, what was I last time? And he says to her, it's not important what you were last time. First, you've got to figure out what you are this time. And that's what we all need to work on. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu show us the kates that Yaakov Avinu wanted to tell his children, the Karayv, and the coming of Mashiach. Chazak, chazak, everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.